Man, that was fast. I was trying to send out a tweet. That was a very quick countdown. That felt faster than 30 seconds. I don't know. That, I'd like to time that, question that myself. That's because you were doing something during it. That is true. I was trying to <laughs> filter some people into into this so we can not be totally alone doing this. But that's all right. Um, all right. Countdown to 2023 March Madness uh, number four, the fourth edition. The There are 15 conference tournaments starting this week. Um, that's good. Everybody likes that, right? Yeah. Uh, so you have the final week for the other 17 conferences, and you, uh, you got a lot going on. Um, maybe the greatest Saturday in a long time in college hoops. There was a lot going on Saturday. Yeah, it felt like March. Yeah, and it is. We do have March on Wednesday this week, so this is yeah. the final February episode, transitioning into March. I think next week I got my bracket over here. Maybe we'll do a bracket cam next week during the episode, uh, and maybe during one of the week nights of the conference tournament week. We usually try to do a live stream, watching some games um, during conference tournament week. Whether we we've done it during the day before, we've done it at night. We'll see. Try to get that going next week. Uh, and have thousands of people joining us. And I'd like to do that and get a guest on, which we have done before during games. So maybe we can figure that out. Anyway, uh, we we went into this a little bit last week. Uh, start here, talk about it. Not I, I want to try to stay on the court as much as possible here. Um, and there's a lot of people talking about this issue that are totally misinformed. And I think that's a big problem here. And there's obviously the sector of people that are going to overreact to everything, which there is in this case as well. Especially uh, on Twitter. Yep. Twitter's a great place for that. Um, and Elon has totally ruined the app, but that's a whole other story. Uh, Alabama's Brandon Miller comes out, plays against South Carolina, hit has 41 points, uh, sends it to overtime with a layup, left hand, wins the game in overtime, layup, left hand. Uh, I mean, to go out and do that, Amidst, I don't care who you're playing. Yeah, I don't care who you're playing. Um, yeah, I, on the road, had the best defender in the country, Benjamin Bosman's for Donk on him all night, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, I, I, I don't really. I know Zach Eady's going to win National Player of the Year, but I am very confident saying Brandon Miller is the best player in the country. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, the his length and the way he can get to the basket. Uh, nobody else can do right now, especially when he can handle the ball and just hit, hit, just pull up threes all day long too. Yep. Um, his shooting along with his length is unmatched. I think right now. And there's a, there's a significant gap between Miller in the NBA draft out of college and every other player coming out of college in the NBA draft, I think. Uh, because Arkansas has a couple guys. I think Nick Smith will be a great prospect if he can stay healthy. Uh, and I think Brandon Miller will probably be the third pick, maybe the fourth pick. But the guys going in front of him, I would almost guarantee, will not be college guys. So right. uh, you got the the big Frenchman, Wimbanyama, who will go number one. You got Scoot Henderson, who's a G League guy. He'll go two. And then maybe Amin Thompson goes three. And then Brandon Miller. But Brandon Miller will be the the top college guy for sure. And there's no doubt. And the entire situation, I think – can kind of be boiled down to the fact that Alabama from a, from a public perspective, at least Nate Oates has not done the best job at this. Um, and I think obviously the, the little uh, pregame, you know, 
uh, celebration, whatever you want to call it, thing yeah. was was bizarre. I understand they've done that all season because <clears throat> they're saying, but yeah. also you gotta know time and place. I would yeah, think. I mean Alabama, they look, they look very tone deaf in the midst of everything that's going on. Um, so I again, I, I, there's people that do the job of the cops and the investigators that that's what they do. So let them do their job. I, I don't think that that requires to, you know, sit a guy five weeks after, I mean, if they were going to sit somebody, they should have sat him right after. So, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think where I stand on this right now is he's not being charged with a crime. So you have to take that into account. And the only reason that I said he shouldn't play in South Carolina is because I thought it was too soon to just roll him out there. It yeah. Seemed, it felt weird on the road. Uh, um, yeah, I think he should be playing though. Now, if he's not being charged with a crime, then he should be playing. Yeah, I'm... and I think that people need to relax a little bit. I understand that somebody died, and that's obviously the most important thing about all of this. And uh, it's just a lot of people on Twitter that aren't properly informed of everything that went on. Like it's so easy for them to think that Brandon Miller was the actual accessory when he was not. So that's just, you know, where I'm at on it. By the way, a very lost part of the Alabama-Arkansas game Saturday is that Nick Smith was fantastic. He wasn't very efficient, took 23 shots, but he's back. He played 40 minutes. So I think – Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he – I mean, he he didn't impress me in the game, um, like overly impress me, but, I mean, he had good – numbers when you have 30 some points 24 but still i mean my my main takeaway is the fact that he he seems to be healthy because he's played yeah 30 plus in the last three games yeah Uh, wasn't overly efficient but alabama hard opponent to to kind of work your way back into i mean he missed every game from december 21st to february 7th so and missed games from november 7th to november 23rd so he only played five games going into these last five so We'll see what Arkansas can get out of them. Arkansas is going to be a popular pick to to maybe knock off a one seed if they're an eight or a nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it'll depend on who they play, but certainly a very talented team, and that's what was said preseason as well. Uh, all right, Rick Pitino looking to be maybe a big name on the uh, coaching market this uh, this off season. You know, he said really? uh, essentially said he won't go to the Big Ten because Minnesota fired his son. But other than that. Other schools could be in the mix. Uh, I thought he wasn't. I thought he was happy where he was. Well, he said that you know he's got to make a decision. No, no desire to retire. He wants to coach five or six more years. He still exercises like a demon. He says, <laughs> uh, and as long as you do that, your mind is sharp. I'm still more passionate about it today than I've ever been in my life. And again, it's because I know my window is closing. I want to do something special, whether it's at Iona or it doesn't matter. So there's your kind of opening there. Um, we'll see. I think Georgetown and St. John's are two, two schools that come to the top of mind. This is a Matt Norlander article here. Um, there's, I mean, there's going to be a couple big, big jobs open in terms of, do you think there's a job that, that is opening that he wants because he could have left last year. And yeah, I mean, he made it very clear that I own is where I want to be. Well, I think uh, East Coast, maybe. Like, if St. John's opens, I don't think there's any doubt that he would take that. Yeah. Because St. John's is not a complete disaster like Georgetown, which is probably going to be the other one that's open. But anyway, I think he would take either of those, honestly. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
people change their mind pretty quickly, and I don't, don't trust Rick Pitino to stick with what he said a year later, uh, if we know anything, really. Um, but, yeah, he's going to be a, a big name, a big name in the market. We'll see. I mean, Iona, that conference is, uh, I would say, not good. So, could, I mean, they they were really good last year in conference and lost in their first game of the conference tournament. So, I guess it's never guaranteed, but um, – right. He's got a good thing going in terms of, yeah, I can get into the tournament and then get a 14 or 15 seed and then lose. Yeah, that's not great. I mean, St. Yeah. Peter's, St. Peter's did uh, kind of break the mold from that conference last season. And, you know, obviously they lost everybody, so they suck. But, you know. Yeah, he personalized that desire to actually, you know, compete and make it to a Final Four or something like that. That's why I think St. John's would be a perfect place for him. You can recruit there. There's still some players that could return. I'd love to see Rick Pitino trying to coach Andre Curbelo. That would be <laughs> awesome. Um, and I don't think St. John's is going to fire Anderson, though. I think they're going to continue the mediocrity and be terrible in conference play and then or uh, terrible in conference play, but then have an easy non-conference and then try to fix that it's just not going to work especially in the big east now when there's like five bids usually and all of those teams are significantly better than st john's so that's your issue there um michigan wins at rutgers and they won yesterday in overtime at home against wisconsin michigan sneaking closer to the bubble it appears um i mean I also wanted to make this a discussion about Rutgers because I don't know what the hell they are. They somehow won yesterday <laughs> yeah. uh, at Penn State, but didn't they didn't allow a, a basket in the last ten minutes of that game? Yeah, like Penn that. State had like a Penn State at one point, like the last eight minutes. Which yeah. love to see them do that against my our squad, <laughs> right? <laughs> Jesus. Um, I I I don't like this Rutgers team to do anything in the tournament. I got to be honest. Like at all. Like I think they're gonna get killed if they have a bad matchup. Yeah. I they're just not they're they're not the best offensive team. I mean they have great defense. Well they lost um, like their entire offense. So yeah. that's yeah an excuse they could make. Right. But you know, I I think if McConnell and Mulcahy can get hot, I mean they they have flashes of, you know, being really good um offensively sometimes. But I think if you shut them down, they're they struggle. So um, I'm going to pull up the first bracket I see and see the matchup for Rutgers and see like, would that favor them or not? It probably won't. Let me see if I can find it here. I'm going to pull up Jerry Palm, CBS updated today. He has Illinois and eight seed two shout out. We're tricking the bracketologists into, into everything. The fact that Illinois is still in the eight line for CBS is hilarious. Uh, yeah, Rutgers as an 11. One today that still had Illinois on the seven line. Well, that person is blind. <laughs> um, CBS has Rutgers as an 11 playing TCU. Rutgers would get killed in that game, I think. Uh, TCU is old, and they obviously just went through an absolute gauntlet of a conference, which is not something that you can say about the Big Ten. And yeah, that would be a horrible matchup for for Rutgers, but I don't know what they are. I think I think Rutgers is probably in a race with Wisconsin with Big Ten teams that could get into the tournament that you aren't scared of at all. I think those are two big ones, and I think the teams that you might be scared of in the tournament, I think Michigan falls under that category given what we've seen 
the last few years. And if Jed Howard comes back. Yeah. Um, five sweet 16s in a row. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll get a little bit more into them with the the, the bubble. Um, Ole Miss did fire Kermit Davis, their head coach. Not a good season there. They uh, three and thirteen in the SEC after being four and fourteen last year. Um, he had five years there. Got to a tournament in his first year, but it's been a downward spiral since. Uh, Jeff Goodman mentioned three names that could replace him at Ole Miss. Chris Beard, a lot of hurdles there if he's going to come back this quickly. Dusty May from uh, FAU, who has some sort of tie to Ole Miss, I think. I don't remember. And then uh, our good friend uh, Will Wade from LSU, who would also have hurdles to clear given the the blatant cheating that he was doing. Uh, He he (laughs) could coach, obviously. You look at LSU this year. I know it's a very different team, but LSU, whoo, pretty bad, pretty bad. Uh, A uh, a Minnesota-level performance. In conference, obviously not as bad as Minnesota, but two and fourteen in the SEC. And remember LSU at one point, folks, they were looking sharp. They were twelve and one. They are like Ohio State, essentially. So, <laughs> and I like how the I, what I love about Ole Miss is that their two wins in the SEC were over Arkansas, who's good, and Vanderbilt, who's not that bad, but still not good uh, for LSU. But anyway, that's uh, yeah. We'll it's see. Hard to lose them all, you know. Certainly. Um, <laughs> I think Georgetown is an example of that. They're not going to lose every single one. Right. Uh, Arizona State shocks the world, really. Shocked them with uh, Desmond Cambridge half-court buzzer beater in Tucson to beat Arizona. Uh, ball don't lie after Omar Balo's clear foul on the rebound. Yeah. On the play before. And, uh, yeah. I mean – Maybe if you're Arizona, you miss the free throw there, or you at least try to contest the shooter. I, I think, yeah, I think that you you definitely try to miss that. You got to fit what's ball of 52% free throw shooter. So him trying to miss it is probably about as good as him trying to make it. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Maybe he did try to miss it. Who knows? But uh, yeah, that, that, that with two, I think there's like 2.1 seconds left. Seems like one of those areas where you need to. Um, everybody was. Hey, we talked about Wisconsin, Michigan already, but everybody was telling, saying how how did Greg Gard not have his team foul in that situation? And he he said that he was clearly trying to foul them, and they didn't. They wouldn't call it. So, um, and also Dickinson just too, shoved Davis out of the way. Well, so you're a hater. We know this, dude. He Which shoved him out of the way. Shoved him out of the way. No, I like shouldn't have been standing there. I don't have a problem with uh, Dickinson. Okay, Um, Iowa. Okay, Iowa had a miraculous comeback over Michigan State, where they just bombed them from three and just kept making everything. Like Michigan State played about as well as you possibly can until they didn't. It's just I mean Iowa. Iowa is not a good road team. Like they're not gonna. I'm. That's another big team. I don't think I'm that scared of in the tournament. Yeah, um, I mean, usually not going to get hot like that, but it, I mean, Michigan State kind of did everything they needed to down the stretch. Uh, Five they made free throws. Line, right? yeah. yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know what you do. Yeah, that's another one. Do you foul Sanford on that last play? I don't know. That is the problem. That Izzo essentially said that he didn't 
ever think about that, which is bad. I mean, you I know I, there. I mean, there's coaches out there that don't believe in that, and I think Izzo's one of. Them. I always thought Greg Gard was one of them too. So I'm surprised that he came out and said that he was trying to foul at the end of that game. So. Michigan State goes on the road, makes seventy three percent of their threes. They get 31 points from Tyson Walker, 15 points from A.J. Hogard, and 21 from Jaden Akins, and they lose the game. That is rough. I mean, they gave up uh, – Iowa scored 40 points in the final 10 minutes. That is, like, impossible. Impossible. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I think if you look at the stat sheet and you're like, Michigan State gets all of that and then they lose the game, that's brutal. Uh, they made 31 of 36 free throws, but Iowa, like I said, Iowa scored 40 points in the final 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So well, they scored what 20 in the final 100 seconds or something. Yeah, they were down Silly. 13, 13 with 94 seconds left. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. If if you're Michigan State, and you're like, hey, we scored 59 points or 49 points in the second half at Iowa. That's a win, right? Iowa scored 59 points in the second half. <laughs> so Iowa with a Gonzaga-like performance in that regard. Yeah. Um, except against a real opponent. So, yeah, whatever. Uh, Kentucky back in the mix, 40-point win over Auburn. Metrics will be huge help when you win by 40 over Auburn, who has good metrics. Uh, so there you go. After 10 doesn't matter. I thought after 10 it didn't matter. Or does it go like 10, 20, 30, 40? Well, I mean, like either way, it's going to help. Okay, especially from like a an eye test resume. You are you. I mean, you're the metrics guy. I don't have any clue. I was just asking a question. Sorry, you've been very uh, defensive today. I don't know about that. I'm not really a metrics guy. (laughs) Uh, North Carolina has a quad. You actually subscribe to somebody to get get metrics. That's just to make sure everything's all you know above (laughs) board. Uh, North Carolina got a Q1 win. I knew that it would happen. I should have just picked that as an upset pick because it probably would have counted. Uh, They beat Virginia. Virginia's frauds. Uh, Pittsburgh is in sole possession of first place in the ACC entering the final week of the season, which is all you need to know about the ACC this year. Uh, Gonzaga beat St. Mary's, part three in Vegas, question mark, question mark, question mark. I'll bring that up later as well. Uh, New Mexico loses at home on a buzzer beater against San Diego State. I was watching this. Horrible defense down the stretch. Jamal Mashburn just stood there, looked at the shooter, didn't even put his hands up. Uh, after after they were losing the entire game, they took the lead late, go up uh, 70 to 69 or 71 70. And then, yeah, so at large is over for New Mexico. They got to win. The, uh, I saw that clip on Twitter and I was so confused because they were wearing like baby yeah. blue they and were wearing, I, I couldn't figure out who, who was who <laughs> they were wearing uh like teal and it was like it looked like yeah. the spurs uh throwbacks that they were <laughs> yeah, i was i was like did they win or lose but and then uh, i did write down from yesterday illinois with a quad one loss at ohio state and maryland dominated northwestern which is what maryland does at the xfinity center the only game that maryland hasn't looked good and won pretty easily and at home was UCLA when UCLA killed them there. So Northwestern, I don't think if you're Northwestern, you're too worried about going on the road twice and losing this week. No, I I mean, the only thing that it hurts is maybe for the big 10 tournament, if they don't get that double buy, but I think Northwestern has, you know, bigger things to, I mean, getting in the tournament the second time in your whole lifetime, 
it's probably more important than getting they will be in the Big Ten tournament. They're going to be a vulnerable. They're probably going to be like a five or a six seed. I think CBS had them as a five. They will be a team that a 12 seed can beat because I think they peaked pretty early. I don't think Boo Booey is going to be this good when the tournament comes around. Yeah. Um, because he's kind of streaky, he can be streaky. Like he's not going to do what he did to Illinois every game, right? And Audie's just kind of the same way. So, be yeah. curious to see who their matchup is. And then, as as far as Illinois goes, yeah, um, you know, kicking the pants for our guys. Uh, <laughs> what do you What do you want me to say? Uh, they They are not that good of a basketball team. They're good, not great. Still a consensus six seed, apparently. Um, <laughs> At least in terms of people yeah. who I, I don't guess know if everybody this, has new brackets out yeah. before this I think that game. Was before the game, yeah. Which still is a little high. Um so I don't think the dramatics of Illinois fans who think they're gonna be a ten or an eleven is probably not gonna be the case. Best case best case is you're a seven, which is like winning out, probably. Mm-hmm. And I would say worst case is an eight or a nine. You don't want to be an eight or a nine, you'd rather be a seven or a ten. Yeah, I agree with that. Um I don't know. I mean they just they have no consistency to them. So, well, I, I think, and I I'm not on board with the they're a first round exit or they're a Final Four team. Um, I think they're a a if they get hot somehow they might be a Sweet Sixteen team. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I mean, best case, really, yeah. best case. Yeah, I'd like to see some consistency stats because I bet they're bad for them. Um, I will say uh, Illinois is 313th in the country in two foul participation, So, which would be players when they have two fouls, are you sitting out or not? So that's an old school thing there, 8.8%. I think that's situationally based regardless. Um, but, yeah, this team can't shoot from three. They went from being 310th in three-point percentage before the Northwestern game. Then they went to 305th after that game, and then they dropped to 325th after the game yesterday. So, in Ohio State's not your typical, you know, 14 to 15 losses Big Ten team. They do have a lot of talent. But anyway, yeah, what can you do? Um, save that for a different podcast, really, would be my thoughts. <laughs> right. uh, on to the bracketological portion of this program where – I wrote down bracket matrix consensus seeds one through 11 as of February 26th, which hopefully means late night Saturday. Cause that's kind of dumb if it doesn't, cause that w- there's a lot that happens Saturday. Anyway, uh, the ones right now, and this is like putting together every single bracketologist and averaging the whole. So some of it's not great, but there, there are definite, definite flaws, but there's no bracketologist that's like good enough to where I'm just going to, Single yeah, them out. Trust them. Yeah, most of them suck. Um, the one seeds are Alabama, Houston, Kansas, Purdue, which I think Purdue is clinging, you know, hanging on for dear life to that one seed. Um, the two seeds are UCLA, Texas, Arizona, Baylor. Three seeds are Kansas State, Marquette, Tennessee, Gonzaga. Four seeds are UConn, Virginia, Indiana, Iowa State. Um. Fives are Miami, Xavier, St. Mary, San Diego State. Sixes are Creighton, TCU, Northwestern, Illinois. (laughs) Questionable. Sevens are Maryland, Michigan State, Texas A&M, Duke. Eights are Providence, Kentucky, Arkansas, Iowa. Nines are Missouri, NC State, Auburn, Rutgers. 
tens are Nevada, Florida Atlantic, Pittsburgh, Boise State, and the elevens are Memphis, West Virginia, USC, Oklahoma State, Mississippi State, Wisconsin. So Wisconsin lost yesterday. Who knows what that does to them? Yeah, I'm I thought that that would like a lot of people would flip Wisconsin and Michigan because Wisconsin was sitting last four in, Michigan was sitting first four out. Um, but it doesn't seem that people still think Michigan needs to win another one or two. But yeah, what do I know? I'm just some guy. I think a lot of it will depend on how they finish because uh, they got Illinois and somebody. Uh, Indiana. Uh, Indiana. Yeah. They're also, I mean, they're not dead in the Big Ten tournament title talk, right? For the regular season. 11 and 7. Purdue loses out. They went out 13 7. <laughs> I don't know how that all works, but yeah. co Big Ten champs. You never know. Yeah. They'll beat Illinois for sure. I'll tell you that. Um, so I have 11 pages of bubble watch <laughs> from John Gassaway ESPN article from today or Strap yesterday. In. I'm not going to go too much over this because it is a lot. It's almost for my, my own reading and referencing off air while watching games and looking at stuff, but um, we'll mention some of it here. We'll start in the ACC. Remember, this is all his work, not mine, of course. Uh, I wouldn't spend this much time doing this um, for the bubble, at least. I don't really, you know, uh, the bubble is like a good talking point for everybody. Uh, Okay, so the locks in the ACC are Virginia, Miami, and Duke. The should-be-in teams are NC State and Pitt. So that's five bids right there of teams that are locks and should be in. Work to do, North Carolina, Clemson have work to do, those two teams. So I I think Clemson's win over um, NC State should go a long way, 25-point win. And uh, at the end of this, it says, in addition, Clemson will soon receive the best profile-enhancing chance to the league offers in the form of a road game at Virginia. At Virginia, yeah. What does that fancy speak? <laughs> they they put that into the thesaurus online and found some new words. Yeah, I'm gonna guess he dumbed it down, and then some ESPN editors like, "Oh, we gotta look fancy." <laughs> yeah, break. <laughs> but anyway, intern in uh, making big words for him. All right, so we'll just we'll just <laughs> as a way to use this as content, we'll say how many teams do you think get in from the ACC? Because there's essentially seven options and five are. Pretty good locks. Uh, how many teams do I think get in? I'm going to say six. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, I would go with six. I'm going to say that North Carolina misses the tournament. Who's North Carolina got left? Duke and... Duke and uh, that other team from uh, their... their uh... <laughs> Florida State, so that's a win. Okay, that's yeah. that should be Florida State. Um, <clears throat> so beat Duke and you're in or not? I think it depends on what other teams do. Um, it's hard. Like they have one quad one. If they beat Duke, that's only two. If it is, because it's a home game, I'm not even sure that's a quad one. Yeah, what's Duke in the net? I mean, I people are asking. Really, <laughs> people like. people are asking. I I heard them. I'm going to say six. Uh, I'm going to say Clemson sneaks in. I mean, NC State is gonna ha- has work to do, supposedly. 
So yeah, but I think they'll be. And fine. They got to play Duke tomorrow. So I think NC State will be fine. They have a better net than the other three. They have a better net than anybody in the conference except for Duke, Virginia, and Miami. How about North Carolina loses to Duke, but they make the ACC championship game? I think it, would depend on, it would depend on who they would play to get there. I mean, there's always an answer that I'm not going to give you a real answer. I'm just going <laughs> to kind of, you know. Okay. Huh? If they beat Virginia again, then yeah, they got a good chance. Or if they beat Miami, I mean, yeah. Uh, but I'm going to say the ACC gets six. I'm gonna write it down. That seems like too much, but they'll probably get three three elite eight teams somehow. So, <laughs> all right, the Big Twelve. A lot of locks here. The Big Twelve: Kansas, Texas, Iowa State, Baylor, Kansas State, TCU are locks. That is, uh, what is that? Six. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, work to do. <clears throat> Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Texas Tech. So essentially, everybody in the tournament, everybody in the conference, can make the tournament except for Oklahoma. I'm going to say the Big Twelve gets. Eight bids. I think it's always been an eight bid league, and I think that two of those teams have an actual chance to win the national championship. I don't buy into the rest. Yeah, um, I, I'm gonna go with. I think you have to go with eight, right? I mean, either West Virginia or bet. Texas Tech isn't isn't gonna make it. One of them's yeah. gonna be left out. Um, and I think the metrics we're gonna get a, a six and. 12 big 12 team coming on into the tournament we're going to be looking at the metrics and they're going to be like okay west virginia is 20th on ken palm they have a really good offensive efficiency and a good defensive efficiency and then mm-hmm. it's going to be like texas tech is 51st <clears throat> they are average on both ends west virginia wins that battle um but hey i mean west virginia finishes iowa state kansas state so they get one of those i think they're a lock right uh, right. so in they, if they could have could have got Kansas this week, they would definitely been in. Yeah, Kansas is a lot of might those... have been talking about nine teams. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say eight. Uh, all right, next one the Big East locks Marquette, Xavier, Yukon, Creighton. It's four locks and should be in Providence, so there's no work to do teams because the rest of the conference trash. Yeah. Um <clears throat> Villanova's been playing better lately. Uh they somehow win the Big East. Um yeah that's the only avenue for the teams that aren't in the top five will be the yeah. Villanova Seton Hall. The only way you're getting in is if you win the conference tournament. Yep. Georgetown. And Villanova yeah which, I mean, hey, Georgetown 2021 champs. Yep. Don't forget it. Uh, Villanova, that. Villanova. I mean, maybe. I mean, <laughs> Justin Moore's back. Uh, didn't even play that well against Creighton, and they won by 12. Yep. I mean, if they're, if they're going to get 31 points from Eric Dixon, of all people, then I, you know, he is, he'd had like four or five 20-plus point games the entire season then goes for 31 against Creighton. I, I don't know, six threes from a 6'8", 255-pound center, that's <laughs> really something. But, you yeah. know. Who knows? I mean, uh, Villanova's won five of six. Their one loss was to Providence, but they beat Xavier and Creighton in those games. So I could talk myself into Villanova winning the Big East tournament easily. Yeah, I agree. Even even without even without uh, Coleman Hawkins lover Jay Wright running the program. <laughs> so he's not there anymore. He'll be the head coach of the New York Knicks next year. Jot that down. Yeah, I'm going to say the Big East gets five. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if a random team won the conference tournament. I will say that. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Big Ten, the locks, Purdue, Indiana, Maryland. All right, all right. Should be in Northwestern, Michigan State, Illinois, Iowa, Rutgers. And then work to do Wisconsin, Michigan, Penn State. And uh, here's what they have on Michigan. Uh, Dickinson, thrilling buzzer beater, blah, 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 statement. Not only made for Michigan tournament changes, but also for timeout reduction. <laughs> uh, very funny, hilarious writing. <laughs> uh, Kobe Buffkin missed a driving layup. Blah, 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 two free throws. Wolverines at freelance without a timeout. Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't trust Jawan Howard writing anything, drawing anything up. They've been bad at it all season. Right. Um, the result is a game tying three. Who needs timeouts? Obviously not Michigan because their coach can't draw anything up. Um, <laughs> Michigan won by eight in overtime to hold on to its spot on a good mini. I, I hate it's like this overly trying to be fancy. Wordy. Like, and we just like, not do this. It's like they were trying to get a report done that needed to be 600 words. <laughs> the Selection Sunday's 2022 track record of 50-something net rankings carried alongside similar numbers for strength record is not encouraging, um, which is what Penn State is. They are a uh, 50 something net team with not great strength of record stats. And Wyoming was sent to the first four. BYU, VCU, and Florida were all not selected. So teams with similar resumes to Penn State as last season didn't get in. I don't think Penn State gets in. Sorry. Yeah, I think Penn State, uh, the loss to Rutgers shot them in the foot. Yeah. They, they had a 19 point lead in the second half. 19 point lead in the second <laughs> yeah. half. Against Rutgers, out of all the teams in the Big Ten to blow that lead against, to do it against Rutgers, who who knows if they're even going to score 19 points and a half, let alone come back from a 19-point deficit. Surprising. Uh, the Big Ten, I think the Big Ten has always been a league that's not going to get nine, so I think they'll get eight. I think that's where I fall on the Big Ten. And I, I do think – so you have three locks, according to this, and you have – Northwestern, Michigan State, Illinois, Iowa, Rutgers. That's five should-be-ins. That gets you to eight. So who are you leaving out? I mean, it's going to be between – from everything I've seen, it's going to be between Wisconsin and Michigan. And I and I think right now you take Michigan. But I know that their metrics aren't that great, but they're 11-7 and seven in the conference where Wisconsin's sitting at 8-10. and 10. They got Illinois and – Indiana to play if they beat I'd say if they beat Indiana they're in um to lose Illinois, I don't know I, I don't know metrics I don't know how they how these idiots come up with this stuff let's just put it this way Michigan is 55th in the net Wisconsin is 72nd I know you don't want I know you don't want Wisconsin you don't think they deserve to be in I don't um, think they're good at all. Like I, I look at Wisconsin, I think, I they think might the be only one way was worst teams in the conference. Yeah, I think the only way Wisconsin gets in now is if they beat Purdue. And right? Please tell me that the freshman guards for Purdue don't botch that because nobody <laughs> wants to see Wisconsin in the tournament. <laughs> Would it be nine bids if yeah. Michigan's in? I think so. Purdue, right. Indiana, Maryland, Northwestern. Yeah, they're going to get nine. God, Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, Rutgers, Michigan State, Wisconsin. They're going to get nine, and they're going to have two teams in the second weekend. I don't. I think they're going to get eight. Who's so? What teams are all going to miss? Minnesota, Nebraska, obviously. Ohio State, State, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Ohio State, Minnesota. 
That's five. So that's nine. Uh huh. So you think nine get in? Oh no! What I say? You would have to leave out both Wisconsin and Michigan for the eight. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, so it's going to be nine. <laughs> I think it's almost guaranteed to be nine. Yeah, it's which is be a nine. disaster. Gross. But they're going to have a first four. Like Michigan, mm. Michigan will probably be playing on Tuesday or Wednesday because I don't think that they're going to have nine. You know, yeah, somebody's going to be playing in that first four. It could be Rutgers oh, again yeah. if they keep sliding. Well, yeah. Rutgers, I guess, maybe save themselves. Yeah, yesterday. Big Ten, Big Ten guaranteed a first four game. Yeah, and also uh, in a year where everyone says how mid the Big Ten is, as the kids say, which I think we both think we that it is too, <laughs> yeah. probably have like six teams in the second weekend somehow. No, so. no shot. Well, I mean, look at 2021 is a great example of this conference being a, a train wreck and a joke. 2021, yeah. you had Michigan, Illinois, both one seeds. Michigan held up their end. They got to the Elite Eight and lost to UCLA. Illinois was a one seed. They lost in round two. Iowa's a two seed. They got murdered in round two by Oregon. Purdue is a four seed. They lost in round one to North Texas. Uh, Ohio State was a two seed lost in round one to Oral Roberts. Wisconsin was a nine seed. They lost to Baylor in round two, the national champions. Rutgers was a 10 seed. They lost in round two to Houston. Uh, Maryland was a 10 seed. They lost in round two to Alabama. And then Michigan State was an 11 seed. They lost in round one to UCLA. And actually, I think it was a – was that a first four game? I think it might have I been. think it was, yeah. Yeah. So the Big Ten's track record of, you know, having really good regular season teams in the last few years has not been good with the exception of Michigan. And in a year where there's really nobody that you look at the Big Ten, you're like, that team could win it all. There are There's only two teams that I feel like – I, I'm even confident saying can make it to the Sweet 16. That's Purdue and Indiana. I am. I don't mean to overreact to everybody out there, but I am on the Indiana only train right now. Because yeah. Purdue, like they're freshman guards, and That's true. And I don't. I'm not going to trust them. I mean, Painter found a way to lose to St. Peter's last year. So, and he also found a way to get absolutely outcoached in two games against Mike Woodson, who's maybe the tenth or eleventh best coach in the conference. <laughs> Yeah. So that's kind of bizarre. Anyway, especially with TJJ doing basically nothing yeah. that second game. It was the Hood Shafino game, certainly. It was, yeah. And he's a freshman, but guess what? If Xavier Johnson comes back and they can seamlessly transition him back into the offense, yeah. why the hell not? I mean, that's that's a team that could definitely do it. Is there a timetable on him? I know they, they're talking about getting him back before the tournament, but – yeah, I don't really know. I, I, I'm honestly a little bit skeptical about whether he ever comes back this season. I don't know. But, uh, all right, the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is an interesting conference. Um, you have the locks, obviously, Arizona and UCLA. And there was a point in time where you looked at this conference and you're like, this might be a two-bid league. It, it might just be Arizona and UCLA. However, USC has work to do. Arizona State has work to do. And believe it or not, the Oregon Ducks are still alive when it comes to tournament hopes. The Oregon Ducks work to do. That's a great category for Dana Altman to be in. So Oregon, not dead yet. Do not count out the Rubik's Cubes. Why can't they do it? Pac-12 is another conference that had a bizarre conference champion two years ago, Oregon State. So the Pac-12 could very well be a two-bid league, but I think USC or Arizona State could nab that last spot. Arizona State, if they can beat Arizona, I think you're in a good – or if they can beat UCLA. Like Arizona State, Bobby Hurley, my good friend Bobby Hurley, if you're you coaching this team, 
look at what's in front of you. You have at UCLA, at USC to finish the season. There's your ticket right there. Yeah. Um, as as far as USC goes, I think metrically speaking, they're very good in, in a very good position, and they have Arizona, Arizona State to finish, so they have opportunity as well. Shout out to the Pac-12 for either doing this on purpose or getting very lucky with their last matchups really mattering. Yeah. Um, and Oregon, like I said, work to do. Don't count out Dana Holman. They got two freebies to finish the year. Get a little, get a little uh, motivation, confidence. Yeah, and- yeah. Mm-hmm. They finished. They beat Oregon State by two, which is great. You beat, you beat ten and nineteen Oregon State by two. But now you got Cal, who might be the worst power conference team in the country, and you got Stanford. Win both of those, eighteen and thirteen. There's NBA talent on this roster. Kalel Ware is going to be a first round pick even though nobody's ever heard of him because he plays at Oregon and he's played five, uh, nine minutes in the last three games. I don't know what's up there. Uh, maybe he's hurt. I don't know. I haven't been watching Altman this year since, you know. They also wow. got a guy named Keyshawn Bartholomew. I mean, that's an awesome name, Colorado transfer. They're so, going to revoke your one Oregon shirt from you. Well, it's more of a football thing anyway. <laughs> I'm going to say the Pac-12 gets three. It's going to be Arizona, UCLA, and then USC or Arizona State. I'm hoping Bobby Hurley gets in. Yeah. So, but I would also love to see Bobby Hurley be like, "Hey, had a good season. St. John's fires Mike Anderson. Let's get Bobby Hurley in here. Bobby Hurley versus Danny Hurley every year. Terrific content. Maybe those guys will come on the podcast. I've spoken very highly of them, so maybe they would. <laughs> uh, anyway, that doesn't happen often. It's true. How many teams do you think get into the Pac-12? Three, hey, three max. Yeah, three max. Well, what if USC wins out? and beats Arizona and Arizona State to finish the year, and then they win a game in the conference tournament. That's three, and then Arizona State wins the conference tournament. That's four. Well, yeah. I mean, I thought Oregon was winning the conference tournament. Now I'm confused. If it's Oregon versus Arizona State, then that's five. (laughs) (laughs) I could talk myself into Give me me three. Give me three. Nothing crazy is going to happen. Utah's got good metrics. That's six right there. I don't, I don't see anything um, crazy happening in the Pac-12. Colorado's a sneaky good team. Maybe that's seven bids right there. I hope so. Get them in. Yep. Uh, the SEC locks. You'll be surprised to hear the third lock that Mr. Gassaway has here. Uh, mm, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky. Kentucky, the third lock. What is up with that? They, uh, they've gone Four-game win streak, dude. How is Kentucky a lock <laughs> But like Northwestern and Illinois aren't locks. What is that? Yeah, I don't. That doesn't make any sense. Kentucky should be a should be in team. Yeah. Well, I don't know who that guy is, but he's an idiot. He must not know ball. I think is kind of where I'm at on him. That sounds right. But we're almost 45 minutes, and we haven't even started the conference tournament predictions. So we're going to speed <laughs> this up. Uh, should be in Texas A&M, Arkansas, Missouri. Uh, so that right there is six. And then Auburn and Mississippi State still have work to do. I think Auburn and Mississippi State both have the metrics that will save them if they need it. I think Auburn's resume is an absolute joke, um, but they have a really, really good defense. And the same with Mississippi State. They, Mississippi State has the 175th adjusted offense and the number four adjusted defense. So Yeah. Auburn, I mean, they got to play Alabama and Tennessee. So I hope they lose both games by a hundred in each game. <laughs> so and then I hope Bruce Pearl retires. See, see a Bruce. Yeah, douchebag. <laughs> His lifetime contract comes up. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. I say this conference gets seven. 
I'm going to say Mississippi State misses. Uh, yeah, I'll say seven. seven sounds right. If Auburn gets in. Six if Auburn doesn't. I hope Auburn doesn't. Um, Eight if LSU wins the the, the tournament. Yep, certainly. Uh, the American Adam Miller SEC tournament MVP. Right. Uh, the American Conference to lock is Houston. Work to do Memphis. Memphis. Uh, when you're Memphis, the American is the Cougars plus a fair number of winnable games. So they should probably be better than they are. Is essentially what he's saying. Using more fancy words, uh, they show up as the last four buys team in mock brackets. That may be a bit misleading. If the Tigers lose at home to Houston, they will stay right where they are in the bracket. Conversely, if Hardaway's team wins on the road at SMU. It will stay right where it is in the bra- – okay, that makes no sense. So stupid. <laughs> he said the it's same probably, thing. It's probably my fault. Did you retype it or just – I just might not have – no, I printed it, but I, I might not have read that right. Uh, the Mountain West lock is San Diego State. Work to do is Boise State. They are on the bubble. Uh, Nevada as well has work to do, as does Utah State. So I don't know how many bids the Mountain West is going to get. Probably – not more than three, maybe only two. Who knows? Um, the others category locks are Gonzaga and St. Mary's, shocking. And then work to do for an at-large bid for mid-major schools that if they don't win their conference tournament, they can still get in at-large is Florida Atlantic, Oral Roberts, Charleston, and North Texas. So be on the lookout for those four schools for their – might have been five. I think it was four, though. Uh, for those, uh, what what they're going to do in the conference tournaments, uh, be advised, really. Would be my thoughts there. So that's enough bubble talk for the next 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Hopefully we don't have to talk about the bubble too much more. But maybe not. What do I know? Uh, all right. I am keeping a spreadsheet of our conference tournament winners to see the accuracy. <laughs> So we will we will see that now. Uh, it's so time I took to this seriously. Is that what you're me? Certainly, certainly, a <laughs> uh, huge prize on the end too, like two dollars probably as a prize. Heck yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, all right. The conference tournaments. There are fifteen starting this week. Like I said to open the show, and uh, we got to pick all fifteen. And you got to you know I I don't I don't know how these picks have gone in the past because I haven't kept track, but I know for a fact that I have not done well. No, um, I usually never. fall in love with a team that like has good metrics or has like really good the best players in the conference, yeah. and then it's March or something random. <laughs> See, happens. you you look into all these teams, and I just I just pick one. We'll see how style. similar we are. I, I didn't pick a lot of the uh, number ones. I'll say that. Okay. Uh, all right, let's start in the America East Conference. Uh, I'm going with UMass Lowell, uh, 24 and seven on the year. They only lost to Rutgers by eight earlier in the season. Um, and they split with Vermont this year. Uh, they both both won a game. Um, I think they got smoked the last time they played. But uh, give me the, give me the two seed. Yeah, I hate that pick. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> I'm uh, totally you know just joking. Uh, I am going to take Vermont. I think Vermont's significantly better than anybody in the conference. Uh, didn't have a great non-conference showing. They did lose some players from last season where they were really dominant last season. Um, 13-2 and two in conference play now. Uh, they have the 94th adjusted offensive efficiency, and I just think that they're a lot better than than mostly, you know, any other team in this conference. Um, 
I, I would maybe be advised with Bryant, uh, you know, a team that came over from the Northeast Conference. They have the uh, legendary Doug Edert. Edert. Mm-hmm. Maybe he gets back into the tournament mix. I mean, he hasn't really done anything for them this year. His, his season high is 23, and other than that, he's done nothing. Uh, they they did beat, they beat a school called Thomas by 108 to start the season. He had 19 points, so that's good for him. Not bad. Uh, so you're taking UMass. Let me write that on the spreadsheet here. I don't know about that pick. All right, let's go. What do you mean the, you don't know about that pick? Let's go to the Atlantic Sun. Jeez. Uh, by the way, Google does not believe the Atlantic Sun is a conference. So, uh, for some reason, they don't have it on with all their other check on that, yeah. conferences. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm going with Liberty, uh, 24 and 7 on the year. Uh, they played Alabama and Northwestern earlier this year. So, they got some high end competition and they beat the Missouri Valley Conference regular champ, regular season champ, Bradley. So, give me Liberty or give me death. Sure, I talked about Darius McGee last year as my play, uh, last week as my player of the uh, of the week. He was the conference player of the year in the Atlantic Sun. I'm taking Liberty as well. Uh, you're going to hear the word metrics a lot, and trust me, I value metrics maybe third out of the things when I look at a team. Mm-hmm. But in cases like this, um, they can really score. And Kennesaw State's the one seed, and they did beat Liberty, but this is revenge. This is Darius McGee trying to get back to the tournament in his 30th season at Liberty. <laughs> I am going to take Liberty. Uh, landslide would, would be the term that I would use. Uh, all right, the big sky. Uh, the big sky, I took uh, Montana State, who is 21-9 uh, and nine on the year. They're on a four-game winning streak. Uh, they play the regular season conference champ tonight, who has it locked up in eastern Washington. I think they got smoked by him the first time, but I expect a victory this time out of them. And then to carry that momentum into the tournament. Yeah, they lost Eastern Washington by three. Uh, that was a home oh, game. They're on the road this time. Okay. Uh, I I am also taking Montana State. Really? So, wow, we are really lockstep in here. Uh, Montana State made the tournament last season. They were 14 seed, lost to Texas Tech. Um, they have the number one defense in conference play in the big sky and the number three offense. Like I said, they won it last season. Uh, Raekwon Battle is one of the top three or four players in the conference. Uh, Transfer his second year at Montana State from Washington. Um, But I'm going to take defense over offense because Eastern Washington is very much a very good offensive team in this conference, and Montana State is very much a good defensive team in the conference. So give me Montana State, back-to-back, Big South. Go go ahead with the Big South. <laughs> oh, Big South. Uh, sorry. They're um, essentially the same conference name. <laughs> uh, I am going with uh, UNC Asheville. Uh, they won the regular season. Uh, they were pretty dominant in it, 24-7 on the year. Um, and you know how I love winning streaks. So, six-game winning streak coming into the tournament. Uh, UNC Asheville, best team in the Big South. Uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to look at the team that, that had as good of a record in conference play as they did not be like, okay, they're going to make it, but I'm going to take Longwood to go back to back. Uh, Griff Aldrich, heck of a job done there. Last season, they got to the, uh, got to the tournament Mm -hmm. and they lost in the first round of Tennessee by uh 32, but they were much more dominant last season. They were 15 and one 
in conference play the last season, a little bit more adversity this year, 12 and six. Uh, but you look at them and you're like, okay, why not? I mean, they, they force a lot of turnovers. Yeah. They force a lot of turnovers or 32nd in the country and uh turnover percentage forced defensively. And, uh, and they won it last season. So there you go. Uh, maybe I'm valuing that too much. I don't, I definitely am, but whatever. Uh, all right. The colonial athletic conference. Mm. I'm going to go with Hofstra. Um, I know Charleston's been kind of a, a big name all year, but I will take Hofstra. And once again, you know how I love my winning streaks. They're on an 11 game winning streak, 23 and eight on the season. Make it happen. Yeah, I mean they had some ugly losses in non-conference play. I'm sure taking I'm taking Hofstra as well. They lost to Middle Tennessee, George Mason, Matt, UMass, and South Florida, and North Carolina A and T, which is a really bad one. That was a conference play, though. Uh, yeah, Speedy Claxton just got an extension. He's done a really good job. They got 44 wins in two seasons there under him, and uh, this is a Hofstra team that that I think you know they've caught up to to Charleston. They're both 16 and two now and Charleston's got 28 wins on the year and Hofstra has 23, but I, I do like Hofstra a lot. Uh, I think Speedy Claxton, like I said, has done a great job. Uh, and the best player in the conference is Aaron Estrada from Hofstra. So they got that going for them and they beat Charleston. So suck I on I really that. like it when we have the same team so you can actually give actual facts to why you pick them. I don't know if people like that though. I don't know. They might they mm. might differ. And by the way, conference only, <laughs> just to show you where this conference is at in terms of the gap between one, two, and the rest. Conference only uh offense, Charleston one, Hofstra two. Conference only defense, Hofstra one, Charleston two. So there's a pretty big drop off between the rest teams. So it would be probably bad for the sport, although a cute little story, if somebody other than Charleston or Hofstra won this tournament which we saw a couple years ago when Drexel swooped in and won. And then last year, I think it was Elon who swooped in and won. So you never know. Can you say that name? It certainly wasn't Elon. I was thinking of somebody else. Tell you that. (laughs) Who the hell won this last year? I think it was North Carolina A&T maybe. Wait, no, no, it was Elon last year. Okay, never mind. I'm all messed up. All right, moving along uh, to the Horizon League. Uh, the Horizon League. I'm taking uh, Northern Kentucky. Uh, they finished tied for second in the regular season, um, but they come into the tournament a four seed um, at 14 and six in the conference, 19 and 12 on the year. I believe that I picked them to win the conference when we did this way back in whenever we did our first one. So sure, uh, I'm gonna go with Northern Kentucky. Uh, I am going to take Youngstown State. Um, this is a team that tough one has maybe the greatest offensive to defensive defensive metric efficiency gap in the country. Thirty second on offense, two hundred sixty seventh on defense. I've talked about that before. Um, Detroit is a dark horse, I think. Antoine Davis, one of the best scorers. I don't know if I want to say history of college basketball because of where he's done it, but if you look at volume, he is one of the best scorers in the history of college basketball. And their offense, if they get hot, maybe they could. They don't play any defense. That's probably the, the big problem there. They were 13-18 and 18 on the season, but um, Detroit may be a dark horse. But Youngstown State, 
has power six level offensive metrics. Uh, they are 18th in three point percentage. They are 23rd in two point percentage, 14th in free throw percentage. They don't get their shots blocked. They're sixth in block percentage and they don't turn the ball over. They're 13th in steal percentage and 33rd in turnover percentage. So Youngstown State offense. Uh, I'm changing. Very Give me Youngstown State. I will not allow that change. Uh, <laughs> all right. The Missouri Valley. Uh, I'm going with uh, Southern Illinois of Carbondale, uh, 22 and nine on the year. Um, they finished third in the conference, but uh, you know we're from Illinois. I'm gonna take Illinois teams because that's what I do. Um, they did lose. Uh, they did only lose to Bradley, who ended up clinching the conference last night, I believe. Um, so I think they got a good shot to uh, win this. I think Bradley Drake and Carbondale are all pretty good teams. I don't think you want to play them in the tournament. Yeah, I think everyone makes it. I think Southern Illinois wants no part of uh, Bradley if if it were in the finals or any part of this tournament. Uh, I am taking Bradley. Um, defensively, they're better than anybody in this conference other than – I mean, they're better than Drake, but they're way better than everybody else other than Drake. And maybe Southern Illinois has got a good defense. But also the difference for Southern Illinois is that they don't – really have a very good offense in terms of efficiency. Uh, the conference is down to 16th on Ken Palm. This was a conference that was 10th in 2021 and 11th in 2022. I think losing Loyola Chicago hurts because Loyola Chicago is terrible this year, but also yeah. they were good the last two years in, in the Missouri Valley. So noticeable there. Um, but like I said, Bradley defends well and uh, rank mast is probably how you pronounce his name is the best big in the conference. So Get it to him. Let him go to work. Um, be curious to see how Belmont plays in this first year. Come over from the OVC. Good offense. They're the only team in the top four of the conference that doesn't really have a very good defensive uh, efficiency metric, but their offense is better than the other ones. So that'll be interesting. Maybe a, a bit of an intriguing Missouri Valley Conference tournament based on the the teams in there. You might not think it might not that it might. I'm just I, my words are not working. Um, all right, Northeast. My words are not wording. Yep. Uh, Northeast uh, shouldn't be allowed a team in the oh tournament. Oh, my God, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I picked Mer- Merrimack because they won the conference, but they're they're literally 15 and 16 on the year. Um, yeah, this conference is awful, but Merrimack has won eight games in a row. Keep riding the hot streak. Yeah, by far the worst conference in America. Um, <laughs> it is awful. I am going to take Fairleigh Dickinson uh, because – Here's the thing with Merrimack. If your best team in your conference goes 12 and 4 with the 362nd ranked adjusted <laughs> offense, like what what are we doing? I'm going to take Fairleigh Dickens who can actually score. Yeah. I uh, mean 163rd. I mean if you look Fairleigh Dickinson is the only team with a winning record that actually played all their games because it looks like Wagner only played 27 games or something. I don't even understand that. They're 15 and 12, and everybody else played 31 games. So Merrimack, who won the conference, has the worst offense in the conference <laughs> behind LIU, who went three and 25. <laughs> so just a laughably bad conference. They oh, lost so they lost Bryant and Mount St. Mary's. That has hurt them. Uh, but fairly Dickens have beat Merrimack twice. Uh, I was gonna pick Stonehill. But I didn't know if Stonehill could make the tournament. I didn't know if they were a, a one of those D one teams that 
They might uh, be. I think they are. Yeah. They don't, they don't have the. They don't yeah. have a logo. So. They're they're in a transition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figure. Yeah, uh, Merrimack, Fairleigh Dickinson, gonna be. It's gonna be like uh, Tyson and Ali tossing tossing blows in the ring <laughs> in that championship game. Remember last year at the Northeast Conference tournament, there was like a fight in the finals that Bryant Mount St. Mary's game and uh, Peter Kiss was in the mix or whatever oh, yeah. happened there. Anyway, yeah, those teams are gone now. So <laughs> the I think it was Bryant and Wagner. Those those uh, those the good schools are gone, and Wagner is not any good this year. So, uh, all right, Ohio Valley. Uh, I, I'm going to take both the Southern Illinois teams uh, in their respect, respective conferences. Uh, give me Southern Illinois at Edwardsville, uh, 18 and 13 on the year. They beat SLU. They lost to Bradley by two. Riding, riding the SIU train. I'm taking uh, Moorhead State. Moorhead State is a team that lost to Murray State in the conference championship last year. Uh, they did lose two big players from that team that are very notable, which is Talon Cooper went to Minnesota and Janai Broom went to Auburn. Uh, they're number two in the conference's adjusted offense, number one in the adjusted defensive conference play. And it's also notable that they're 301st in minutes continuity percentage, which shows the difference between this year and last year. But this conference has certainly fallen fallen down. They were 23rd on Ken Palm last year. They had a seven-seed Murray State get in. And uh, this year they're 29th. So they lost, obviously they lost Murray State. They lost Belmont. So that's their two top teams from last year are gone now. Uh, but I'm going to take Moorhead State, little little revenge spot for players that were there last year that lost. And, uh, yeah, this conference is terrible too. So <laughs> I would be stunned if uh, Edwardsville won, but maybe they will. What do I know? Uh, all right, Patriot League. Uh, I'm going to go with Colgate. Uh, I feel like Colgate's the clear best team in this league. I don't think that it's really close. Um, so yeah, give me Colgate and you go ahead and tell me why. Well, this is the biggest gap between any, any conference leader and the rest of the conference. I mean, it's not even close. Uh, Colgate about to win their third in a row when they inevitably win this one. They lost in, uh, round one to Arkansas in 2021. When they got in, they lost to Wisconsin in round one last year, uh, 54th in the country in adjusted offense, 17, one record in league play. Their one loss was by one to an American team that went seven and 11. So it's not a great loss, but I do find it funny that Lafayette went seven and 11 in conference play, but they're nine and 22 overall. So they went <laughs> two and 11 in yeah, non-conference plays. Yeah. So that's good. But yeah, I think Colgate, I mean, if Colgate doesn't, then once again, it's not great for quality in the tournament because whoever gets in, if it's, if Navy gets in, they're going to get killed by somebody. If Lehigh were to do it, they'll get killed. Army, same thing. BU, same thing. So, yeah, there's a big gap. Colgate should win this easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, SoCon, Southern. Uh, I went with uh, Furman. Uh, they are, were 15-3 in the conference, 24-7. and um, they beat Samford, who was second in the conference. Uh, they had the same record, of course, but they beat them 93 to 79 on the road. Um, so I think that, uh, I think Furman's the best team. I did the best team always win, certainly. No, <laughs> certainly. Uh, but this might be the most fascinating tournament because I think there are four teams, maybe five, that could win this, maybe even six. Um, but it'll be very interesting. I do think Furman is a lot better than everybody in this conference. 
from a from a metrics perspective, certainly, if you like mm-hmm. that word. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are second in the country in two point percentage, which is elite. Fifteen and three in the conference after a four and two start. Uh, Jalen Slauson and Mike Bothwell are the uh, guys with a lot of experience, both seniors, a lot of experience in this conference, and uh, get them a tournament run under their belt. So I'm going to take Furman to uh, do it quite easily. Just a, just such an elite offense, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if anybody tries to pick them off. And we're picking a lot more of the same than I thought we would, so that is surprising. But now we go over to the uh, to the Southland where – you know, I don't really know what to make of the Southland Conference this year. Not great. One of the worst in the country, probably the third worst in the country. There are some bad teams in this conference. Uh, there is a team like Houston Christian who has the worst defense in America who gave up uh, – Who lo- Houston Christian lost 82-31 to Texas, so probably not a team to pick there. And uh, there are a couple teams in this conference I think could win. So, Southland. Southland, uh, you're gonna love this pick. I'm picking Nichols, fifteen and fourteen on the year. Um, they only lost to Arizona by forty-two and to <laughs> Baylor by twenty-nine, um, and they uh, lost to the regular season champs uh, by four and ten, respectively. So, uh, and also they took Illinois to overtime five years ago. That's so right. Get, yeah. Give me go. Nichols. So uh, yeah, th- this is me saying that. You don't always pick the the top two teams right here. Well, I'll take a team that actually had success in non-conference play in some regards. I will take Northwestern State, who went uh, who beat TCU in non-conference play by one on the road. Uh, Ninety. They also beat ninety-second ranked according to Ken Palm Southern Miss. So that's not a, an easy team for a team in this conference to beat because this is the thirtieth uh, ranked conference according to Ken Palm. Pretty wow. good. Um, 12 and 5 in the conference after a 2 and 3 start. Uh, and then they have DeMarcus Sharp, who's an elite scorer. He's got eight 25 plus point games. And he had 40 against Texas AM, Corpus Christi, who they did lose to, who is the number one team in the conference. But this guy is also shooting 56% from three on the year, 28 for 50, um, which isn't like the biggest sample size, but 28 for 50 is pretty good. Uh, I don't really care good. who you're playing or where you're at. So, yeah, it's give like me a. Uh, uh, farmers League. I'm probably more 60%, but that's fine. Uh, this is a, the Northwestern State team that lost to Texas Tech by 24 and then barely beat a D3 school by 11 and then lost to Illinois State and then beat TCU. So this team is very uh, hot and cold, and they are probably going to go into the tournament with a 2-2 two and two record to finish the season. So, And they've lost two of three, but now they play – incarcerate ward or whatever school that is so that's a free win but yeah i'm gonna take northwestern state the summit league if you have anybody other than the top team in the summit league you are high <laughs> yeah i got oral roberts uh it, it, i don't care what conference you're in it's hard to go undefeated in conference play um and they they were within uh eight against saint mary's earlier in the season so i like the oral elite offenses Roberts. I've been taking a lot of the elite offenses, and Oral Roberts has one. Max Aceman is still there. Uh, 24th adjusted offensive efficiency in the country, which is about as good as it gets for a team in this league at this level. Um, they ended the season with the longest win streak in the country at 14. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think that they'll be able to take care of business here. Uh, their only losses in the year were St. Mary's, Houston, Utah State, New Mexico, four teams that are either of tournament quality or four teams that'll make it. I don't think 
all four of them will, but at least two of them, maybe three. Utah State could get in. I don't think New Mexico can unless they win the Mountain West Tournament. Whatever. Uh, Sunbelt. If you can't tell, you know, we get down here and I just – it kind of gets repetitive. So uh, I went with James Madison. I don't know why. Brutal. 21 and 10. James Madison. Give me that. Brutal. I'm going to take Marshall. Uh, elite defense in conference play, very good, better than everybody in the conference. And then they have Tavion Kinsey and Andrew Taylor, who are the best duo in the conference. So I will take Marshall to get the job done. And now we go to the final one of the week. We'll have all of the other ones next week. We have the uh, the West Coast Conference Tournament, which really just comes down to two teams, especially since they're uh, catapulted, if that's a word, into the semifinals right away. So uh, who are you taking in the West Coast Conference? I'm taking Santa Clara. Okay. They're riding a seven-game win streak. Um, they they were close with Gonzaga and St. Mary's in their first matchups. Um, in their second ones, they, they got smoked by both of them. But you got to beat both of them to get in. I think they, they're going to try their dangdest to get in. Give me Santa Clara. I'm not a sissy that just takes Gonzaga. Thank you. I am taking Say Gonzaga. Uh, yeah, this team is back. Uh, I think we deserve Gonzaga St. Mary's part three. The first two were good, even though the first one was closer, but then St. Mary's pulled away late. The second one, it just felt like Gonzaga was going to leave the entire time, and St. Mary's couldn't claw back into it. Uh, but we, we should get part three here. Uh, Gonzaga has the number one adjusted offensive efficiency in the country. If they can beat St. Mary's with Anton Watson as their leading scorer, then I am all the way back in on this team. Uh, and yeah, they're having a lot more scoring emerge with uh, with Bolton and Watson outside of Timmy. So I will take Gonzaga. And let me see if I can count how many similar picks we have out of fifteen. Let's see. Let's go one, two, three, five. four, five, six. We have six out of fifteen similar. So. Based on some of your picks, I should dominate. Uh, all right. <laughs> and the thing is, like, we're only picking one team, so there's a good chance neither of us are right. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, anyway, let's uh, we'll do the other 17 next week, next Monday. Hopefully that doesn't take as long as this episode is going to take. <laughs> all right, team of the week. Are you surprised as how it gets when we get closer? You know, we're, I, I'm trying to be dedicated to the craft here, you know? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, my team of the week is Gonzaga, however, even though I didn't <laughs> pick them to win the West Coast Conference. That first um, one was real impressive. They uh, beat San Diego and St. Mary's this week to capture their seventh regular season conference title in a row, and their 11th in the last 12 years. So congratulations to Gonzaga for beating up on the little people. All right, relax. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Arizona State. Who is staying alive? The BG song. Lucky buzzer beaters. Beat Utah in that first game. Utah is a, a you know a middling, a middle of the road Pac-12 team, but they're not that bad. Uh, 59th on Kid Bump, so you know it's a fine win. And then they beat Arizona, and now they have a big opportunity in front of them with UCLA and USC. So we'll see what they're made of. Um, yeah, I don't know about this team. You know they're they're close. Like they they have a lot of they have the talent to be in the tournament. It's just some missteps here and there. They lost four in a row in late January. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. We will see. Um, maybe look at it. It'd be good. Yeah. Uh, uh, player of the week. Uh, you know, I keep him with my uh, Santa Clara. I went with Brandon Pajimski. 
of Santa Clara. Jesus, I mean, it was a West Coast Conference podcast, team and player of the week. <laughs> I, dude, you know how hard it is to go through all the players to see who was the player of the week. I just knew they had a good week. I um, was wondering if one of us was going to pick Brandon Miller, but either of us did. Yeah, it's tough, it's tough spot. Yeah, uh, I thought you would pick him actually. So nope. Um, 23 points, 18 rebounds, four assists, one block, one steal against Pepperdine. And then he had 26 points, 10 of 13 from the field, five of seven from three. Man, that'd be nice to have at Illinois. 10 rebounds, five assists, one steal versus San Diego. Well, if you listen to my Twitter spaces on the Illinois podcast guy yesterday, then you would know that the guy that was that joined and talked Chris, said something yeah. about his dad's Twitter. Yeah. And Underwood didn't like that, which I never heard anything of. But whatever. All I know is that Pajimski's dad likes like every tweet that I tweet about him. Yeah, his dad, his dad is very active on Twitter. Yeah, so I don't know. And Underwood's not, so I don't even know how he would have saw him. Well, people bringing him to his desk. Here you go. Here's another <laughs> one, Coach. He liked this tweet that said, Brad's an idiot. Play Brandon Pajimski more. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. My player of the week is a guy that I talked about. I'm I'm thinking this guy maybe listened to the podcast last week. It was like, if this white dude who clearly has no athletic ability whatsoever, which is wrong because I can, I can hold my own on, the, on, the, the, on the hoops against people that are not athletic. And yeah, I heard, I heard that your, uh, your adjusted offense and adjusted defense though, is like the biggest gap ever. Uh, I think two years ago you could have said that. I think defensively I've stepped it up a little bit this okay. year. Right. That's just uh, what I've heard on the street. Just so. trying to fit into my role um, <laughs> and just trying to play my role. But anyway, yeah. uh, I'm going to take Oscar Shibway, who I said last week. Wow. And I don't know what's going on there with them, but yeah, he responded. Yeah. You've been hating on Response him all year. Right in my face by Shibway. Yeah. Uh, had 22 points, 17 rebounds, a block, two steals, eight of 10 from the field against Auburn. And 25 points, four rebounds, three assists, one block, one steal, 12 of 13 from the field against Florida. So he stuck it right in my face. Congrats to him. Uh, all right. You're on a Cardinals podcast after this? What's with the No, shirt? I just uh, was, you know, it was what I was wearing today. So, <laughs> Okay. Just wondering. Relax. Uh, all right. Games of the week. Games of the week. Games of the week. Tonight, you got North Carolina, Florida State. Psych didn't write that one down, but it is happening tonight. Uh, <laughs> Baylor at Oklahoma State and West Virginia at Iowa State. Those are both the 8 p.m. games on ESPN and ESPN2. Of course, the Big 12 having two games at the same time. Not great. The Big 12 is very, very bad at this. They have the most games at the same time, I think, of any conference in the country that anybody pays attention to for the most part. Um, but, yeah, good couple good games there. Baylor, big opportunity for Oklahoma State, big opportunity for West Virginia. Which I think Iowa State only a one and a half point favorite in that game, which I was kind of surprised. Road life in the Big Twelve, you know. Keontae George is out, by the way, so that's probably Uh, a big factor. Yeah, that's true. I forgot he. Yeah, hurt his ankle. Yeah, so well, I guess he's questionable, but he's not playing. Um, Day to day, I hear. Day to day, he ain't playing. I got to get him healthy for the tournament. That's another big NBA talent uh, in college hoops, and there's not that many of them in terms of the high level ones this season. So you need those guys to. uh, you know, stay healthy, which one of the better ones is Taylor Hendricks, who I mentioned last week, who plays at UCF and nobody even knows who he is. So there you go. Uh, Tuesday, you got Iowa at Indiana, NC State at Duke, big spot for NC State there. Villanova at Seton Hall, Arkansas at Tennessee, Texas Tech at Kansas, San Diego State at Boise State, a battle between probably the only two teams out of the Mountain West to get in, or two of the three. And then Michigan State at Nebraska, only because Nebraska is starting to become a hard place to play for people. Uh, they beat the crap 
out of Minnesota. How about that? Huge win for Hoiberg. <laughs> Lifetime extension incoming. They beat Maryland. Was, it, was that place sold out that day? Did I, I see something? They were. I saw it on the Twitters. They they were sold out. Lifetime extension. Tamanaga's bringing in the heat. That and he is. Gary's walking tonight too. For or when is that game? Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday. Friday? Yeah. Whatever. He's walking for senior night. I heard. As a junior. The hell. I think it was more because his parents are in town. He but should I, be. But he's on that. He's on that. He's on that weird visa or whatever, where he doesn't even get nil money. Something I don't know. He's getting screwed there. How come foreigners don't get nil money? That's probably why Perrin left. It's a whole conversation, you know. We don't even know. Uh, <laughs> all right, Wednesday, Xavier at Providence, Auburn at Alabama, Maryland at Ohio State, Oklahoma at Kansas State, Penn State at Northwestern, uh, Texas at TCU, Missouri at LSU, and Utah State at UNLV. This is a calling the Ken Palm. When I was looking through your, I'll just say his full name, Ken Pomeroy. I was looking through your fan match uh, schedule game ratings for this week and your Missouri LSU says 11 p.m. Eastern and that would make no sense so just so you know I don't know if it's been fixed yet but that is 9 p.m. Eastern how does your boy uh Aslametrics feel about you using Tim Bum that's a great question um I don't know I I do still look at Aslametrics I mean it's one of my bookmark tabs on my Google Chrome but I do pay for Ken Palm, so I feel like I should reference that a little bit more. But uh, shout-out to Haslametrics. Uh, he has Texas at TCU, a good game. Texas, the uh, number 10 team on Haslametrics.com. You'll get an offensive efficiency, according to my my good friend Haslametrics, uh, 14th in that for Texas. So shout-out to, uh, to Haslametrics right there. Uh, anyway, there Thursday, Michigan at Illinois. Uh, Purdue at Wisconsin. Purdue, the ninth team, according to Haslametrics. Uh, Arizona State at UCLA, UCLA the second team according to Haslametrics, and Arizona at USC, Arizona the twelfth team according to Haslametrics.com. Check out, <laughs> check that one out. Uh, yeah, good teams. Okay. Maybe it'll same, be okay now. They have the same top three, I think. Um, those two, so you, you, you know, you compare the two. I just uh, I know that that Ken Pomeroy doesn't, you know, respond to your tweets or you know like your stuff, so. It's true. He's a hater of me. Me shouting him out is kind of weird. Well, that's the one that everyone uses. I know. I'm just all the all the dumb people who should be using Haslametrics.com. He's not going to give you money, bro. He's a guy that could maybe come on the show. You know, we've talked about it before. Maybe uh, have him on the podcast. Uh, You know, maybe during a uh, one of those live streams we'll do when we're watching games. Maybe he'll he'll come on. We'll see. Uh, Friday, huge games here. Big implications. Dayton at St. Louis and New Mexico at Colorado State. So not great Friday, Um, but that's kind of the standard. Uh, Saturday, Alabama at Texas A&M. Iowa State at Baylor. Ohio State at Michigan State. Seton Hall at Providence. UAB at Charlotte. Kansas State at West Virginia. Kentucky at Arkansas. St. John's at Marquette. Tennessee at Auburn. TCU at Oklahoma. Kansas at Texas. That's a hell of a game there. Utah at Colorado. Pitt at Miami, another interesting game there in the ACC. A couple teams that could win the conference. Uh, Oklahoma State at Texas Tech, UConn at Villanova, Mississippi State at Vanderbilt, Boise State at Utah State, and then a great Pac-12 doubleheader, even though they're an hour apart in start time, which is like, why can't it just be two hours? Like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, Arizona at UCLA at 9 o'clock Central, Arizona State at USC at 10 o'clock Central. Boom. It's worse than the Big Ten. Yep. 
Certainly. Uh, well, you'll see the Big Ten. Well, actually, the Big Ten. Uh, never mind. You, you'll see the Big Ten here Sunday. Houston at Memphis, a staple for 11 a.m. CBS. Houston at Memphis. I think it was two years ago the Tremont Mark half court game winner for Houston. Two years ago or last year, one of the two. Uh, Maryland at Penn State's at 11 a.m. and then Illinois Purdue's at 11:30. So there you go, Big Ten. Uh, Illinois Purdue is probably on Big Ten Network, I guess, or maybe CBS. I don't understand. What well, can't be on CBS? I think it's on something else. I don't think it's on no. Maryland. Penn State's got to be the Big Ten Network game. I could be wrong. Maybe it's on FS. Or maybe it's on Fox. <clears throat> maybe it is. Uh, Michigan. Yeah, at, Fox. Miss, all right, Michigan at Indiana, three thirty p.m. CBS, and then Northwestern at Rutgers to cap it off. And now we have uh, the three upset picks of the week. Yeah, we're killing these. Um, I was one and two last week. Illinois over Northwestern. Um, I had Baylor over K State and St. John's over UConn. Those are really <clears> cheap <throat> upset pick. Really uh, cheap. Four and five overall. You know what your overall is right now? I am two and seven. Yes, dominant. <laughs> 0 and 3 last week, but I'm I'm back this week. All right. Uh yeah, I'm probably going 0 and 3. So uh I got Clemson at Virginia to uh lock Clemson into the tournament. Virginia's struggling. They 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 suck. Um and then I have Texas AM over Alabama. That's <laughs> and then I got Arizona over UCLA. I am taking Arkansas over Tennessee. Let that breathe. Uh, Michigan over Illinois. Then we'll flip it on everybody's head. Illinois over Purdue. Double down on Illinois. All right. All right. And as a fan of the program, I think I would rather beat Michigan and lose to Purdue, but that's just me. If you flip it around, I'll take it either way. Whatever. I can't wait till the Purdue preview, and then you have them lose, have Illinois losing by 20. I'm going to need to remember to pick them to win in that. <laughs> it won't be a good look. But good thing nobody even listens or watches this anyway, so it's That's not going to get to anybody. Uh, all right. That'll do it for us. We'll be back next week with number five. We'll have most of the real conference tournaments starting to discuss, if you want to take it in that direction. Um, maybe a bracket cam next week and uh, all that stuff. So we'll be back next week, and uh, and we'll do some other stuff as well throughout the month of March. So stay tuned for that big teaser there. And uh, okay, goodbye. Later.